listening to St. Pius X Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. So here we are on the night of all nights, celebrating the night of all nights, the Easter Vigil. And we began this Triduum on Holy Thursday, where we spoke about Jesus giving us the Eucharist, the strength that we would need himself in order to follow him, preparing the apostles at the Last Supper. And then he went to the garden and we spoke about him offering himself to God, his life, whatever it would be, fully aware of what he was giving and at that time fully aware of what was going to happen. And then we moved into Good Friday and we spoke about a couple of things. The first is that we need not be ashamed. We heard in our first readings today, we heard in the book of Genesis, he created us, it was all good. We were gonna live forever, but for sin. So he, his intention from the beginning was for us to live a good life. And then when we didn't in Exodus, we were freed from slavery, parted the Red Sea for the Israelites. And of course, we know the end of the story took them across the desert, protecting them along the way and guiding them. And then Isaiah's reading, inviting us to participate, to participate in God's life, our life. And so yesterday on Good Friday, I mentioned that we're not here because this is a spectator sport. We're not here just to watch. We're here to participate. We're here to make an offering. We're here to recognize our sinfulness. We're here to let God save us. And then we're here to be transformed into his image and likeness as he originally created us. And so yesterday, after our Good Friday service, what about Jesus in the tomb? And that's where he's been for the three days. I get this question sometimes. How is it three days? That was just yesterday. A couple of things in, a couple of things, just one. Friday's the first day. Saturday's the second day. For the ancients, it was Sunday when the sun went down. The new day begins when the sun goes down. And so we're here keeping vigil and looking forward to the beautiful Easter that God wants to give to us. But I left off yesterday in the tomb. The tomb. Time to be still. Time to be quiet. Time to be at peace. And I talked a little bit about my knee and the surgery that I had. Don't worry, no doctor jokes tonight. For those who were here last night or yesterday afternoon. But in the tomb, we can think of how we are worked on by God. Putting death to our old self as we hear in our reading before the gospel today, St. Paul to the Romans. And there's an invitation there to live in newness of life. I said yesterday we're gonna talk about what does that look like? What does that look like? So as most of you know, I had knee surgery, I guess now it's going on eight, nine weeks ago. And what happened was I tore my meniscus. Don't know how it happened, but I tore my meniscus. And for this, we're gonna kind of give the meniscus another name or the tear another name. We're gonna call that sin. 
And what that sin did is it killed my knee. I could not use it. Couldn't use it. And that's what sin does to us. It kills us. Death didn't enter the world until there was sin. So I had this torn meniscus and I was helpless. I, I, you know, I went to the doctor and they did tests and it showed the tear and I came back and said, we're going to have to do surgery. I said, well, what about, you know, maybe exercises or this? That's not going to heal. You can't do it yourself. You need me. So we have to have the surgery. And in the surgery, he put me in the tomb, literally. Huh? Put me to sleep. Put me to sleep to work on me. And while I was there, he took the meniscus and he put it down and he put stitches around it and tied it down. It was repairable. And then I woke up. I didn't really know what he did. I probably couldn't understand it if he explained it to me. But he fixed the sin. He fixed the sin. And that's what God does for us. But he gave me commandments afterwards. Do not walk on that foot for six weeks. And you guys saw me hopping around this sanctuary for the last... I guess, well, the two weeks before, the six weeks after the surgery, right? It's kind of ugly, but he said, do not walk on it. You're not ready yet. You got to let the healing take place. Don't put any pressure on it. You can toe tap. You can go non-weight bearing, but don't walk on it. So I followed instructions well, and he put in a brace. You might call the brace the protection from near occasion of sin. The brace wasn't there for any other reason than to protect my knee, make sure it didn't go past a certain degree so that I wouldn't hurt it. So he wanted me to know, wait and keep it where it is. Be still. Be still. And so I get to the end of the six weeks and the doctor says, come back. So I go back. By the way, something we often do when he put that brace on me, saw him a week later, he said, keep this brace on, I'm giving you this command. So I tried to negotiate with him. Don't we do that with God sometimes? No, not that command. He said, can I take a shower? Can I take it off when I take a shower? For crying out loud, that's a pain in the neck to get that thing covered up. Nope, got to leave it on the whole time. Can I take it off when I sleep? No. No, that's the rule. That's the command. And then I finally got a yes for one. I said, can I drive? He said, yeah, it's your left foot. You're fine. If you can find a car, you can get into, which we did. But he gave me commands about it, just as God gives us commands. First and foremost, don't hurt it again. Don't sin again. You're going to do the same damage all over again. You're going to ruin my work. And then when I go back to see him on the morning... This was an interesting thing. I came to the office first. It was an afternoon appointment. I had two people ask me, oh, you're going to the doctor today. Great. Can you walk on it? I said, I don't know. I said, you haven't tried? No, the doctor told me not to, which was fine enough. You know, I said, you didn't even really try. No, no, I don't want to go back again to that. So I go to the doctor's office, go hop down the hall, and the nurse looks at me. She goes, take that brace off. She said, can you walk on it? I said, I don't know. 
She said, well, you didn't test it? I said, you told me not to. You're the one who told me not to. I said, no, I wasn't that curious. I want to walk again and walk well. But when she said, take that brace off, there was fear. I didn't trust my knee. It had been put to sleep. It hadn't done anything in six weeks. And this is where the newness of life comes. Because then they give me instructions, like I said, take off that brace and start moving around on that knee. And you guys have seen me over the last few weeks. And you've many comments every time I walk in the church, hey, you're moving around better. You're moving around better. Well, first of all, I get to use two feet, not one. So that's helpful. But also, we began the process of learning to live again in the knee. So that includes physical therapy, moving it, stretching it, pushing it, strengthening it. All along the way, I will say, there was fear for each step in the sense of hesitation. Hey, I don't want to hurt this thing. It's not working well. And we continued to look at the trust. I don't know if I trust the physical therapist. Hey, push it back. I don't want to go that far. It doesn't want to go that far. Push it back. You're going to get some swelling. It'll be okay. You can walk as tolerated with your crutches. It didn't tolerate much the first week or two. But little by little, as you guys have seen, many of you, the knee is getting better. In two or three weeks, my hope is that I'll be walking unaided. Then after that, strengthening. And as I mentioned yesterday, it won't be the same again. And that's okay, but it'll be healed and I'll be able to walk. I couldn't do it before the surgery. But with the divine physician, we actually end up better in this newness of life, step by step by step by step. And that's why we do this every year. Jesus in his humanity showed us the way. Jesus in his divinity stays with us. And he will bring us along and coach us and protect us and exercise us and sometimes stretch us. It is not easy to be a Christian. It is not something that we are able to look at the world and say, hey, this is an easy life. It's not. The commands are tough to love. And the first thing with the knee was not to re-injure it, right? So you say no more sin. Second command is now use it to love. God doesn't just tell us not to sin. We have to love one another. And that's tough because love is a giving of self. And we being fallen creatures, it's hard for us to totally give. But we continue to try. We exercise, we exercise. And we do the things that God has taught us to do, all the commands that Christ gave us. And then we can celebrate what I call the little Easter's the victory each year. Yesterday I mentioned that I would hope that everybody would go home and really reflect, what do you want God to take away from you that is keeping you from him? What is separating you from him? Be still, be quiet, reflect, let him work in you and then come out with a newness of life, allowing him to do exactly that. Give us that newness of life because he is with us. The cure is still in the knee. The stitches are there. The work of the divine physician, so to speak. For us, he will be with us until the end of time. And he promised that. And step by step, as St. Paul says, grace building upon grace, we can do more and more and more until one day we can give as Christ gave. 
It's hard to see it for us, but we can. In whatever mission God has for us, we can give of self and live in him. And he gives us tools along the way, and we're gonna talk about those in the coming weeks because our job's not over at Easter. The world will stop celebrating Easter Monday morning. We will celebrate Easter for another seven weeks, eight weeks until Pentecost. We will hopefully learn about Christ. It's called mystagogy. It's called what's being learned after Easter and how to be better. And this year we're gonna talk about the tools that God has given us in the sacraments. Father Poirier and I and the deacons are gonna preach on each of the seven sacraments for the seven Sundays of Easter so that we can understand what God is doing for us and how we can use those tools in order to grow, to have that newness of life, to be able to handle the difficulties of life, maybe in the anointing of the sick. What is God asking of us to have that newness of life? And next weekend, we'll start with confession. I mentioned Holy Thursday that we're gonna talk about the apostolic church and confession. Father Poirier mentioned in the story of Lazarus when he was coming out of the tomb that the tomb represented the confessional for many theologians and spiritual writers. It's precisely what it is, that when we do maybe re-injure the knee, when we do sin, we have a place to go where our sins are put to death and new life is given by the grace of amendment. And what a beautiful, beautiful thing that is. We know that God loves us, always has, was with us, and now will continue to sanctify us so that we can have the fullness of life that he originally intended. That's Easter. And it's not easy. As a matter of fact, I would say living in Easter is more difficult than living in any other way. Christian life is narrow, but we have our commands. We know we are to love God and love our neighbor and the specifics that go with it. Let's make sure that as we move through the Easter season, that we allow that growth that God wants to give us and not waste the time with which he has gifted us. As we move into divine mercy, and by the way, next weekend will also be our Easter celebration. We'll have a picnic celebrating Easter. Hopefully all of you can come after the 1030 mass. But you know, when you think of divine mercy, I have to definitely say that I've been shown an awful lot of mercy over the last eight weeks. So I want to thank you guys for all the help that you've given me. Uh, all the, I can't tell you how much I was moved by the different things. I was thinking, who gets this? I mean, I had somebody come in and install bars in my bathroom so I could get up. I had somebody come in and put a ramp on the front door. I had people coming and bringing food every day. I mean, it was, it was crazy, all the beautiful things that people had done for me. And it was very moving and touching. So I experienced God's mercy in you. So thank all of you for that. It was so many that I couldn't keep up with it all on the thank yous. But also here at the church, we want to thank Father Poirier. He did the heavy lifting for the Triduum uh, in the sense of being the celebrant. And our four deacons who are wonderful. And our seminarian deacon, David Furka, who sang the Exaltet tonight. Uh, especially Deacon Phil. He's our director of liturgy. I thank our beautiful choir, who is not just beautiful during the Triduum, but all the way through. And also all the ministers who helped at Mass, our readers, our Eucharistic ministers. I wasn't needed, which was kind of neat. Took a lot of pressure off of me. I could step back and just prepare homilies that, you know, hit or miss, but they're fine. It's all good. But it was a lot easier than all the other stuff. And so I want to thank everybody for all that they did. I'm doing this because I won't have a chance to address you guys at the end of Mass. 
And so I just wanted to thank you all and thank everybody who did so much. I look forward to the beautiful Easter music to come. And I also hope that you all are able to celebrate uh, the sacraments tonight as well. We will have in a moment uh, our sacraments of initiation, which we do each year. And we'll have a little celebration afterwards in the Parish Life Center to come welcome our new Catholics. And I hope that you all have a wonderful Easter. I hope that you will rejoice in the love that God has for you. I pray, though, most that besides rejoicing, besides heavenly hash, besides gold bricks, whatever your candy of choice, I mostly pray that we have the peace of Christ, his presence, our growth, the holiness that God wants us to have. That's where Easter lies. And that's where we can actually celebrate the joy of knowing that we can go to heaven because of Christ and the peace of knowing that he is with us until we arrive.